0: You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound. Proudly presented by Kukra.
1: Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio chat show where two grown-ass men try to maintain some sort of grasp on the contemporary modern culture that drives young society with the help of a young and well-informed person under 30. As we draw nearer to our much yearned summer break, the landscape is dotted with tiny glimmers of hopeful entertainment that keeps us distracted from the chaos and destruction. For instance, the rags are talking about Beanie Feldstein's departure from her dream role as Funny Girl on Broadway. We shall nibble on that piece of news like baby vultures picking at the remains of a mammal mammal carcass. Disney continues its rise to ultra-dominance in the entrapment of the global attention span by adding little-known K-pop band BTS to their roster of signed talent. Also. One of us has become even more obsessed with the Stranger Things series, so I may say a few things the world hasn't heard about one of the most phenomenal shows in recent history. Ben Cardew has the weekly mission of choosing an album of the week and getting us to talk about it in as much depth as time allows. In this case, Caterina Barbieri's wonderful spirit exit is the chosen one. But first, a snippet from the latest track from Hot Chip. summer tune from the always essential hot Chip, who performed last weekend at the korea festival did you go mar
0: uh no nope.
1: you you didn't go ben damn it uh went. martha went and and said they were fabulous i mean they're so reliable they just became one of those perfect festival acts that you can you can set at one in the morning seven in the afternoon it don't matter even six in the morning they will get the crowd going berserk uh so consistent and it's great that they're producing other people. What have they produced? Uh, Al Doyle and Joe Goddard have been producing... Uh, I think it was... I can't remember. I don't know. But they're, they're guns for hire. And uh, another band that played over the weekend was LCD Sound System, who Al Doyle from Hot Chip used to perform with as a touring guitarist. And it's a, and everyone was talking about how LCD is just so amazing and, and how they've defined a lot. You know, they're becoming... A, a band that gets mentioned a lot with a lot of young talent that is kind of flying the flag for that kind of disco indie or danceable, danceable post-punk with, 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 with Edge that hasn't been lost. Um, anyway, before we get into the thick of it, I want to ask you, Mar. Have you seen the season finale of Stranger Things 4?
0: Um, I haven't, and I'm waiting for someone to convince me that I should. Because I have seen the first two seasons or how many there are. And by the second or third one or whatever it was, the, not the last one, but before that one. And I I was bored of it. It was kind of repaired. It, like the same thing. Like there's a monster, the kids fight it, they win. Like, is it not the same? Like
2: what it's else can it happen? Se- it's, the <laughs>
1: it's the same every season. It's the same every season. But... I have a better theory of why you haven't seen Stranger, the (laughs) season finale of Stranger Things 4, because... You're young, single and free to go out and live life (laughs) to the fullest in festivals, clubs and terraces and no kids to care for and full availability to improvise on the go and enjoy endless moments of meeting new people and laughter and total absence of passive-aggressive moments with the person you share your life with. Of course, you don't even own a television. You own your free time. You actually drive content. I have to sit and watch it. But sometimes the content is almost better than real life.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I just needed to get that rant off me. Um, I, I haven't seen it, and I'm equally as as bo- well, boring as you, if there's any help. But yeah. I've, I've got this similar problem in that basically it's one of the things I watch with my wife, but she doesn't want to commit to watching it yet. So, Why not? I thought I th- she's of the same generation that would appreciate... Because like, we're watching this, this Catalan TV series at the moment, and it's dragging on a bit, and basically... Um, what, but, on TV3? TV3? No, no, it's on, it's on Netflix. oh But it, it was a TV3 production. But it's, um, it was billed as the Catalan Dark, and you know how much I love dark. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, it's not really... I mean, it's good, it's good. Um, and it's in, in Mars Old Town, but um, it, it's, it's not that good. But we've sort of, it's good enough, you've got to get to the end, you know what I mean? But oh yeah, <laughs> um, but not sort of good enough that you're like every day, you're like yeah, let's come watch them. They're so a bit stuck because so we haven't seen Stranger Things.
1: Well, I mean, everyone has been talking about Stranger Things season four, and as Mar says, it's always the same. Um, th- th- with TV shows, usually there's a format, right? Friends, it's a show about people getting together and talking about their stuff in, in flats and in that cafe, and every and every episode is the same, but with different things. No, well, I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, st- Stranger Things, same thing, but. Uh, it's the little nuances. It's the it's the references to '80s sci-fi, '80s horror. In this season, they've gone even full full on horror. It's more Wes Craven than than any of the other seasons. It actually reminds a lot of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street because there's a lot of dreams. And we, the other day we talked about how dream sequences are. Ugh, but this time it's like dream sequences, like Freddy Krueger, you know, where it actually is part of the plot. And uh, there's incredible, uh, wonderful new characters. And another thing I like about the aesthetics of it is that if season three was all about 80s synth pop and bright fluorescent colors, and uh, while you know the protagonists keep trying to keep evil forces from the upside down world from entering our plane of harmonious existence, season four went full 80s heavy metal. The personification of evil this time reminds a little, reminds viewers of Iron Maiden's Eddie or so many of those evil skeleton zombies that grace so many heavy metal band posters. And actor Joseph Quinn, who plays one of the key characters, um, Eddie Munson, uh, a new character this season, uh, uh, he even learned to play the guitar solo for Metallica's Master of Puppets for a key scene. There's actually a video online of him rehearsing it, and he nails it, even though they had to actually bring in uh, a a a real uh, expert guitarist uh, to do some of the finger, you know, the, the tighter finger uh, finger tapping, finger tapping. I don't know. Rob will know. <laughs> what do you, Rob uh, Rob Roman, you're a, solo, yeah. The, but uh, punteo in Spanish, you know, punteo shredding Shred- for the shredding part. But he he holds his own, and it's like wow, th- that's that that is so talented. When you see actors. Learning something they've never done and they master it in about a month or whatever for the at least for the camera, you you can always like edit and do things.
3: It, the, it, one thing that's been put me off is it not a bit long? Isn't each episode yes. about two hours long?
1: Oh, yes. Well, the, the two last episodes, well, two it's finished, finish, done. No, all right, okay. There is going to be a season five, even though a lot of people said that they could have ended it because every the, a lot of the character arcs from the from the four seasons have been nicely wrapped up and and there's been some closure in in some of the character arcs but uh there there's still you know this whole epic scope that the duffer brothers have had of how this evil uh keeps showing up into the real world and stuff it it has to become a bit yeah, I can see that there has to be even more of an epic finale, even though this was super epic. There was like vicious bats, and it was gory, and there was like lots of death and blood. And it, it was proper heavy metal. Um, so, and, and I think, I don't know what, what other 80s aesthetic musical visual reference could go on for season five. I mean, they've done, as I said, the synth pop, they've done the heavy metal. They've done Stephen
3: King, they've done the Goonies, they've done E.T., they've done the Ghostbuster references. I was just listening to Guns N' Roses this morning, and I'd love it if they went full on like 80s hair metal. Can you imagine that? Well, that's
1: what Taika Waititi has done on Thor Love and Thunder, apparently. Right. And he's spoken about how the visuals for Thor Love and Thunder, I haven't seen it yet, but now I actually want to see it, uh, is that he took a lot of the... 80s metal band posters and those, those, all those comic graphics of, you know, super violence of monsters chewing on naked bodies and that kind of stuff. Taika Waititi took those visuals as a mood board and made it into a film. And that's why he put like three Guns N' Roses hits on the soundtrack and everyone's talking and, and really well placed. So it's, you know, there's a lot of that going around in the last few years. 80s nostalgia, getting all the great big bands from the 80s to put them good in in soundtrack moments. Um, those are the powers that be. But anyway, speaking of the lovely salsa, the little uh, the, the little chili sauce that we like to talk about in in, in these cultural things is like. Apparently, um, in other Stranger Things related news, actor Noah Schnapp, who plays zombie boy Willie Byers, who is now and is now seventeen years old, has made headlines for clumsily sharing screen grabs of a private conversation between him and Doja Cat who was asking him for a hookup with co-star Joseph Quinn, who plays Eddie Munson and learned the master of puppet solo. (laughs) Like, she literally asked him, Noah, can you tell Joseph to hook me up? Uh, Wait, no, does he have a girlfriend? And uh, obviously she's made a whole big deal. She's gone on TikTok saying, what the hell is this kid doing sharing my private screen grab? Like, it's very unethical. It's like, okay, uh, Noah, you... You, you, it wasn't the best thing to do, right? Even he didn't share it publicly. He shared it with him, I think. Huh? He, no, you haven't followed. I, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think he, he shared he, the screen grab with the actor. No, no, no.
0: I think he put it on his stories or something like that. Or he like put that. it on his
1: stories and tagging the other one and stuff. So obviously she's gone on TikTok. She's made this video kind of just sort of speaking, you know, speaking about it, saying, you know, uh, okay, you know, he's a kid and he's not even 21. It's like uh, Miss Cat. He's seventeen. What on earth is your twenty-six-year-old
3: ass doing? DMing a teenager trying to get a hookup? Do you, like? Do you reckon? Sorry, this fascinates me. Do you reckon this is what happens among famous people? Because like, if I if I if I DM'd say Doja Cat and said, um, or, uh, you know, would you hook me up with E.G. Beyonce? Mm-hmm. I would just get soundly ignored. I mean, obviously. Um, but like, do you reckon if I was famous, I could I could do yeah. that? I mean, not Beyonce, obviously. baby Richards
0: is dating Paul Mescal. Because she tweeted something like, Oh, I love Paul Mescal in Conversations with Friends or whatever I I think no, not Conversations with Friends. Um the other Sally Rooney adaptation mm-hmm. um TV show. And then Paul Mescal responded like, Ha, ah, I love your music too. And then now you, they're dating. It's been like two <gasps> oh years or something god. like that. Oh my god. So they do meet like that with They this. hook
1: up. They hook up, but why didn't she DM the actor directly rather than going through a seventeen year old? Mm-hmm. I mean at least go through one of the Actresses, you know, who like, you know, who will like probably have a sisterhood thing going on and it's like, yeah, I'll hook you up with my friend. Thing is, you know, but like a poor boy, I feel sorry for this boy, uh, Noah, because imagine you've become this incredible sensation, you and your mates from the cast. You started when you were 10 years old on Stranger Things or nine years old. He was really, he was, I think he was the youngest one. And first of all, he he goes through a lot of shit in the show. He's become a zombie. He's been possessed. He's had to like practically live as, you know, freezing his ass off in the upside down world. He's gone through all these sacrifices and... He's he's not the first person people want to get a photo with like everyone always wants to get a photo with like the hunks from the show or 11 obviously Millie Bobby Brown is totally amazing and 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 she's getting all the headlines she's always getting the the covers of the magazines all these she's become a fashion icon she gets invited to the front rows to sit next to Anna Wintour and Kim Kardashian and everybody loves Millie Bobby Brown above everything else Season after season because she she really has something. Uh I have to admit, she's got something. Even though she's become a bit of a brat, like a bit of a diva, like you listen to her interviews and she's a little bit resavida, you know, like she's like, uh, oh, you know, why don't they just kill off the characters and she and she's got this kind of weird half English, half American accent going on. So she's totally divine and, and, and enjoying the moment. She's a star. And and these other kids are like old goofy teenagers who are going through the ugly teenage phase where they got like really bad haircuts and they're you know, they, they will become handsome young men, but right now they're like, like dumb dumb basic teenagers. And all of a sudden you're not even getting DM'd directly by Doja Cat like, Hey, I really like Noah I mean, I really like your I don't know, I just like Say nice things about him and his work. You know what actors are like. They, they they want to be talked about all the time, send over attention. And to get used as a bridge, to ho- get hooked up with a
3: guy who's only been on one season, it's like, it that feels very shitty. I can tell you exactly why she did it. Because Doja Cat, as we've long established, does not give a flying... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, he does, because she has gone to TikTok to make this, this
3: long she ramble video. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. She thinks it's funny. Yeah,
1: I mean, well... It, It's funny because we were talking about this yesterday, about how Julio Iglesias... (laughs) Not again. Cancel the show. It's over. (laughs) Cancel my life. But it's true. In the 80s, uh, one of the things that uh, PR companies would, uh, big PR companies would do, would get talents from different spheres to get together, to be seen together at a tennis match or at a fashion show. Rosalia and Drake, they both belong to the William Morris Talent Agency. So everyone thought that was like a spontaneous cool thing, like, oh my God, Rosalia's hanging out with Drake. No, 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 no. This was orchestrated because that's what the entertainment world does and the entertainment business does. It gets people talking about artists and, 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 and icons beyond their typical promotional cycles of talking about their new album, talking about their movie. It's like, yeah, but how can we get people to talk about them and become obsessed with them? and uh, this happens a lot and that is all i have to say about that. <laughs> i feel like forrest gump when i'm at the bus station like and that is all i have to say about that uh, oh yeah sorry about the um, no yeah no uh yeah no no yeah just watch stranger things anyway um
3: no but i i do i do i i do find that this sort of quite 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 fascinating the way that the way of hooking up because do you remember that that street song uh when i wasn't famous mm-hmm. do you know how the streets are Mar, do don't look at me like mm-hmm. that You're okay you don't do you? yeah do. they don't, yes, don't lie, don't. we can tell in your the quiver in your voice <laughs> uh, hmm.
1: <laughs> don't worry it's okay to not know who the streets are
3: anyway like the streets are renowned Shit. uk uk peer hip hop act uh, Mar, do don't worry about it. um they are renowned for like uh well he is renowned for being like very kind of um uh you know A man of the street, a man of the people. Yeah, kind of like, you know, saying, saying the truth. and Well, and also being very honest. And mm. he did this song called When I Wasn't Famous, right? Um, which is about him being famous and what it's like hooking up with people when you're famous. And he basically says that hooking up with famous people when you're famous is like hooking up with normal people when you're normal, Yeah, you see. Mm. So I'm just quite fascinated by like, this idea that if you're famous, you can just be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll DM that, that kind of person and... and um it, 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 and it works. It, it's apparently. funny because what happens with famous
1: people is you go to like a fashion show or or, yeah, or a tennis match or whatever, and you run into like Rafa Nadal and, it, and you, sp- you speak on first name basis, even though you've never met before. Mm-hmm. But if you're, I don't know, Antonio Banderas and you run into Rafa Nadal, you, you instantly give him a hug because you're part of that stratosphere of fame. And it's just like an unwritten law where it's just totally normal like, Hombre, ¿qué tal? Rafa, hey, Antonio, uh, let's do something. Let's have a you know, and you just chat like because you kind of know what it's like being I don't know, it's a very funny weird thing that that that, that, that used to happen to
3: me. Um <laughs> I, I've been frantically trying to find find my video of Sadie Sink. but I can't find I've it.
1: I've got it. I've got it on favourites and I and I was gonna repost it because that was like now now I'm I'm I, I feel bad that I'm I'm kind of becoming obsessed with Millie Bobby Brown and, and Sadie Sink not in that way okay I don't <laughs> Nobody wanna, said
0: anything I, I, know, I know I know
1: but but I am I am I wasn't even thinking it No but I, you're, you're yeah but making, I am
0: you're constructing the garden
1: <laughs> I know I know sorry but not 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 in that way but you know how you become obsessed with with people you watch on TV or or, or I don't know in the public eye and stuff and uh, and and it's be- because I rate them so much as act- uh, actors, female actors. I don't know, this thing of the actress, actor. Um, they really are good. Like they, they, they've got like a natural good sort of that good thing. Sadie Sink, by the way, she was in that Taylor Swift, uh, you know, video. I recreation. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because all of a sudden, I started researching like what
0: else has she done, and she's not doing that much.
1: Yet she well, will
0: she's hand chosen by Taylor Swift is that not enough? I know
1: but but when you compare to I don't know some Timothy Salome who's like doing everything you know like you know these actors who, who all of a sudden they they're extremely popular and they can do anything and just put them in a superhero costume put them in a period costume or whatever that people are going to flock to the cinema to see especially young talent because the industry is obsessed with getting teenagers into the movies theaters because then they're the ones who are gonna buy the clothes with the branding and this kind of stuff. Um it's like with Billie Eilish, you know, if as as soon as she can demonstrate that she can act, we're gonna be seeing a lot of Billie Eilish in Hollywood, I think. No? Has she not been already? Has she not? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, no, just her documentaries. Him. Anyway, um we shall continue talking about entertainment, but how about we listen to a snippet of our album of the week? Let's do
3: it. Let's do it. Katharina
1: Spirit Exit by Caterina Barbieri. Another ambient album made during lockdown. Surely you must be kidding. Well, it's actually pretty good, and it stands out from the five hundred thousand other ambient releases released in the last two years. Um, ben, you interviewed Caterina at Primavera Sound. Ma and I did. Ma, it. you yeah. were in that interview. I was there. Okay, I didn't I know you were an ambient fan. Ambient, I, I am. We well, work as a team.
0: <laughs> I'm very polyphasicic. I can very be.
1: good. And uh, what did you learn from it? What was she like? What, what 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 did she? Can you remember what she talked about? She was extremely nice. I thought mm-hmm. it was an absolute Yeah, kind of I lovely. think
0: I have a crush on her because of that interview. She was so nice, and I don't know. She seemed really cool.
3: You know, you know, one of my lasting impressions was, you know, how right when people were like, "Are you going to come and see the gig?" and Johan would be like, "Oh no, I can't, I can't do it," and I'd be like, "Yeah, of course," like know. fully knowing I couldn't because I had something else to do. <laughs> um, I think Katharina Barbieri is one I almost feel worse about because I was like, yeah, definitely going to come. It's going to be great. Yeah. And like knowing, literally and knowing, I was lying. You
0: would have to work, yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, it just kind of felt like it because I, I I remember like watching Johannes say, it I think it was Krumbin, <laughs> and it's like oh, you're going to the gig. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can't afford to work. <laughs> and he just like saw that that the the poor. How the can poor you team. tell
1: Lisa what's her name, Laura Lee, that you're not going to go and see her show? You <laughs> like, lied to her. But don't I know, couldn't lie. You did it. I know, I did, I did. I, I mean, lying I, isn't good, is it? It's but not good. I didn't want to it, lie. I, I, I'm too honest. Damn it! But and 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 after listening to this album, I regret not seeing Caterina Barbieri. But I ha- I struggled to watch a, an incredible ambient show at a festival like Primavera because the rhythm you you got to really tone down your own body body rhythm you know how in a festival mm-hmm. you're like atacado because you want to see this you want to see that and you got to like mentalize that yeah. okay i got to go running all the way to like the other side of the forum t- 20 kilometers to catch like a little bit of this and that and all of a sudden to get into the frame of mind to enjoy caterina barbieri plus she should have played the auditorium and it and it was weekend too she didn't have the auditorium that weekend Huh? She was on toes. See, that was another mm-hmm. thing because I've, I've seen it before.
3: I saw her uh, when she played music and it just like uh, she played this sort of small, relatively small room at the uh, Antica Fabrica Dre Dam You know, kind of small, like and it was all. Like, I was really, really into it. You know, someone making those, those noise and I it's like, I wonder what it would be like. So I think it was like 9 p.m. You know, beautiful sunny sunny day, that kind of thing. But actually, that kind of works with the new album, I think, um, because it's sort of it's a lot more expansive than a previous work. It's got singing. It's got kind of songs i mean I, I suggested that um one of the songs might be um uh well broken melody in fact might might be mm. kind of hyper pop and she wasn't really having it but she <laughs> wasn't really having it in a very in a very polite way basically
1: but i mean Not of spirit synth version is 10 minutes 19 uh, seconds long and midway it picks up a groove that actually got me kind of dancing with you know even though it doesn't have like a beat it's like just got a rhythmic kind of loop going on i dream of an ambient dance floor i've lived it at Uh, the Mira Festival when it used to be at Fabric Arts. I remember people like eyes closed and listening to I don't know if it was Tim Hecker or something and it was just like this lovely sort of drone and it was kind of like dancing. Not dancing like you know bending your knees and twerking or anything but but you know communally being in that kind of groove I'm all for it. Like why hasn't someone in this modern thinking city opened an ambient club? Like a club that every week brings some of these incredible ambient artists and you just play ambient all night or, I don't know, if, if, if in the late hours it would work, it would
3: <laughs> Anyway. Well, one, one thing I really like about Katharina in particular was um, if you look at her background, it's pretty fearsome. It's like she studied electroacoustic engineering at mm. the university and she's a big fan of modular synth and, and you know, mm. and you're like, oh my God, this is, you know, it's really, really impressive. Like people who, for some reason, people who use modular synths just impress me because yeah. mm. I, I know I just couldn't even get going. I literally couldn't make it to make a noise, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and I thought I, I was quite intimidated. I was like, oh my god, she's going to be like the cleverest person, and she she probably is the cleverest person. But really, like really really nice with it. And again, that's a bit what the album's like. It's like very sort of mm-hmm, personal, yeah. very very human. You know, I'm sure you could be like a modular synth nerd and go into my like, oh
0: wow, that yeah, frequency. it's not a snobby. It it's like mm. maybe like me, you don't know do not know anything about ambient music, and you don't know what. <laughs> But you know it's something that is difficult to use, and you can listen to her album and still feel like you can listen to it without yeah. feeling like I should know a lot about this. I should I don't know. Maybe it's because she was so nice. but well, a,
1: a I, lot of a lot of her inspirations come from Hindustani music and and minimalism. You know stuff like Philip Glass or John Cage. You know and and those musics are usually transcendental. They're not meant to be complicated. They're meant to be easy to fall into a trance to. To reach a higher spiritual plane mm-hmm. or whatever, or concentrate, or just chill. And I've I've been playing this whole morning, and it's so easy, You, I concentrate so much playing yeah. this music. You can work with mm-hmm. this music. That's why I was. I loved pand- during the pandemic. I spoke about this a lot, lots of times during lockdowns and stuff. I listened to loads of ambient because it
3: really got. I don't know. It just kept a lot of the anxiety away. I find ambient music quite difficult because I'm not a big fan of drones. Mm-hmm. I find drones a bit sort of. I don't know, they don't quite work for me. They're quite like, I mean, they're quite visceral and quite nice in that way, but I get a bit bored. And also, I don't like ambient music. You know how there's ambient music that tries to make you feel all nervous? I don't like that mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. and you just like, oh, shut up, because I've, I've got a very good, well, okay. You can make the nastiest piece of music you like, right? And it will not be as nasty as like, a baby screaming for an ice cream, mm-hmm. like yeah. nowhere near, nowhere near. Mers bowl, you know, exactly, ding. exactly. <laughs> it's just like you, th- oh, you, th- you think you're all hard and everything, but like literally, a baby screaming for an ice cream is, is a lot harder, yes, you know. Um, as is all right, a particular sound that I don't like at all people like putting smashing plates together, don't like that at all. That's horrible noise. Oh, that with the like the actual symbols from an orchestra, no, just want, no, 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 plates, literal plates. You know, when people like washing up and they're clashing plates around, it's a horrible noise, it kind of really puts my Oh, yeah,
1: oh i actually like that kind of you sound. like
3: it because i you know i've when got I an ambient t- album I so. no
1: I, <laughs> would, I wouldn't listen to a recorded album of like but but i like the sound of the dishwasher in a professional restaurant like the clanking and the not the di- not the pans and the pots that that can reach a higher frequency that's a little bit like you know damn it cleaner man listen learn to clean without making noise uh especially in michelin-starred restaurants you've got to be very silent um <laughs> But the plates, the sound, the the clicking and the and clang- the clanging of mm. plates and forks and knives, I
3: like that So anyway, my <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you like that. But like you could so if you make something beautiful though, right, you can make it a lot more beautiful than any than most natural sounds. All right, okay, maybe like bird song, whatever is more beautiful. I don't know. But like you can you know, definitely sort of challenge it, whereas you're not coming anywhere close to a baby screaming. Yeah. Um and also another thing I like about this was um the way her voice imitates the synth, and the synth imitates the mm-hmm. voice, which I thought was really lovely, like at your gamut, there's a bit towards the end where her voice comes in, and it's like, oh, is that her voice or is that a synth? And it's like literally like another layer of synth coming in, and it's very beautiful. How long has this been happening where people
1: sample, like Rosalia, when she samples her voice and uses it as a keynote, like a, uh,
3: uh, uh, or uh, Phoenix did it on Alpha Zulu, uh, uh, uh. Uh, 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 Oh, a long, long time. Long time. Yeah, the, Cropwork did it back in like the, the 80s. Okay, Kate Bush did it quite a lot. I
1: oh, right. Because yeah. well, I, th- I thought it was something of this time now, something that's becoming very fashionable with producers. Like, oh, just sample your voice and then put loads of effects and filters and stuff and then use it as a, yeah, as another... as another sound texture.
3: Well, I think it's maybe to do with the fact that tune is so popular means people are playing around a lot more with the voice in Uh, general. The voice is seen as more of an electronic instrument for that, maybe, and that's kind of encouraging them, but I don't think it's particularly new.
1: And I like how, you know, because rather than sample and have to pay and get copyright stuff, yeah. it's like, no, just make your own sounds and stuff. And, and, and you don't know how to play guitar. Don't worry. You know how to use your voice. Kanye was very popular with using his voice as a vocal instrument. He's always said that, that you know, sampling and, and being able to launch with a with a pad. It's a very interesting expressive tool.
3: Well I remember the avalanche is talking once about like when they move towards using instruments and the bloke was just like, look, if I want a, a guitar line that goes no 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 now, I could look through 8,000 records that I've got to try to find it or I could actually just play it And at the end of the day you're like, oh yeah, maybe that, that's a bit more more efficient.
1: Well, there was a time when that was the exciting story behind an album being made, right? It's like, oh, you know, this crate digger like DJ Shadow or Avalanches, you know, they've got these incredible, these incredible obscure samples. And there was a lot of romance to that story because it meant that these people not only had an incredible encyclopedic knowledge of of their record collections and that they were able to just take things and, and, and give them a new life, you know, old funk records that had maybe not sold, uh, uh, made a dent in, in the charts, but all of a sudden they're given new life. I like that romantic concept of sampling music, but now nowadays that people have more availability to make their own music and, and not have to go through the channels of labels and permissions and stuff, make your own, make your own, yeah.
3: We asked Katharina a question um, that I want to ask you, because her, her answer was so cool. What's your favorite noise? And uh, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting instant response, but you've frozen like Windows 97. Wow. It's unbelievable. I, I, tell you what I, she...
0: I couldn't think of anything either. Thank God she was so fast at, at answering.
3: Yeah, I thought, I thought maybe give her a bit of time to think about it. She said electricity. She loves to sound like electricity when you can just hear it sort of. Like what, you like turn, th- like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you turn your synth or something like that, you can just hear that kind of like sound of, a yeah, sound. but that, like, like the buzz of any
1: kind yeah. of device
3: when you put headphones on, like the little white yeah. noise. Uh, I like
1: seashore, Mediterranean seashore,
0: yeah, that's what we were going to say, but it was like so Very obvious, like obvious. I know,
1: but it's nothing wrong with being obvious, isn't it? No, the but time like, of being obvious, but imagine
0: <laughs> being able to answer electricity and be like, okay like we were first... so impressed
3: <laughs> we were so like we were like oh my god we're so because you know like not only was she really cool she was just, like she had the coolest answer for that my answer was was basically revealed that i'm a degenerate as well why it's What's the, yours? It, my the answer i was thinking about was a cork coming out of a bottle
1: oh i love that sound or the, <laughs> yeah. no and my mother always alerted me that the, she said the best sound in the world is uh when you're pouring like uh, wine or, or even water out of a decanter into a glass Nah, that wine <laughs> Wine better because it's you know water you <laughs> whereas wine is like <laughs> that kind of thing and it's like yes it is it's like oh good times are ahead <laughs> You
3: are the male Katerina Barbieri well Christopher Another, Barbieri
1: Also slow frying like when when something is bubbling in a fryer but not like vicious frying just like a. That I like that it's like oh yeah look it's it's, it's frying perfectly Damn, good answers. Yeah, yeah
0: you, you have plenty now yeah, <laughs> after yeah. after going blank for a few seconds. Well,
1: I had to think because it's like, well, there's a lot. I like sounds and uh, and there's a certain type of ambient synth sound that, that they use a lot in movies. Stranger Things, I might add, has lovely synth work from the guys who, you know, who form Survivor. Especially the sort of uh, more ambient moments that they have, you know, they just have to put music to maybe a dialogue, some emotional dialogue. They've got that lovely sort of uh, John Carpenter-esque kind of 80s thick synth going on when they put a bit of a bluer
3: melody on there. That's that I like that sound.
1: And and Tim Hecker. Tim Hecker's textures.
3: Should we ever listen to a little bit of uh, Katharina? Yeah. That's a little clip from the interview talking about the new album. I mean, talking of which um, your new album, Spirit Exit, which I have uh, been lucky enough to... Uh, be able to listen to. Uh, I was very pleased. Um, It's an excellent new album. um, Mm -hmm. And it's your first solo work to feature strings, guitar and vocals. Yeah. So did you decide to do that? like was it decision from the start or did it just come to you
2: <laughs> it just came to me because um it's the first album that i actually composed in my studio at home during the pandemics because the previous albums were always composed while i was touring so i had more time to experiment with different instruments so i just decided to expand the like you know timbre palette and add more of these acoustic instruments and like vocals and guitar but it just napped. Yeah, happened naturally. I I felt I had reached the limit with the modular synth and wanted to expand my sonic universe. So,
3: I mean, for me, it feels very wide open. Was was that conscious? Like, because we're all stuck inside, we're constantly trying to create something that was big and kind of going beyond the the damn room we were all stuck in for three months.
2: Definitely, like, and uh, I composed that album during like an extreme time of isolation at home. Like for two months, I literally never left my house because I was in Milan uh, which was you know the hotspot of the pandemics in the beginning so music for me was the only way to expand my horizons and sort of travel in time and space when movement in the outside world was completely forbidden and like um, yeah negated so yeah you're right music was a sort of portal for me (laughs) during those days yeah
3: one one of the highlights of the new record is Broken Melody. And I have heard it called a uh, hyper pop song. Is that something you agree with? Or? No. No. Not okay. at all.
2: <laughs> no. Um yeah, I mean I understand why people can use that expression, but I come from a very different background. Um but uh, yeah I mean it, it has a poppy vibe in a sense because there are vocals and there is more of a song format but the foundations of that song uh, are you know in my previous work which is more about just like the use of repetitive patterns and then the voice is an extension of the modular synth so I, I perceive it more in that way but I'm fine with whatever expression people use uh, I just don't personally connect too much with that
1: Wonderful stuff. Now, uh, going back to the world of Hollywood—not Hollywood—the other entertainment that sits on the eastern side of the United States, the 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 great tradition that is Broadway, musicals, theater. We have drama, and Mar brings it. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, bringing it like.
0: I'm literally bringing drama world drama. Hang on, what do you think
1: of musicals? Like here in, Ga- in Barcelona, <laughs> oh, there's quite Jesus. a good tradition in parallel of th- theaters that do musicals and vaudeville. No, it's always yeah,
0: been. I haven't seen that many to like be able to hate it, and I <laughs> <laughs> like the ones I have seen. I have loved. And my <laughs> the my generation's main movie is High School Musical, so I would say I'm a musical stan, but I don't care if you don't like theater, if you don't like musicals, if you don't like Broadway or don't know anything about it, because I know what we all love, which is drama. And this is what I'm bringing. So don't say like, oh, we don't care. You're going to talk about uh, Broadway and whatever is happening there. Because you're like, you do care because we all love drama. And this is full of drama. You're going to love every single drop of the tea that I'm bringing this week. Mm -hmm. Be careful. Be ready. Have a seat, um, and welcome to the Funny Girl Broadway revival, Eleganza extravaganza mess, because that's what it is. It's a mess, and for this to have like the full effect, I want it to have on you as people that maybe aren't theater obsessed and mm-hmm. haven't seen Glee, which is a very important part of uh, the story. I guess you haven't seen Glee. I've I seen know. Glee. Yeah. You've seen Glee. I've okay. Glee, yeah. and then Johan. I have all the context and the chronologically ordered story for you to understand and to live for this drama as you should. So let's begin this um, spectacle of of messiness that's going on with the first act, which is, what is Funny Girl? And why is it so iconic in the theater world? Uh This is the context we need to first begin this journey. So Funny Girl is um, a musical we all knew that, um, by Jules Stein, lyrics by... I I did my research, can you see? (laughs) (laughs) Lyrics by Bob Merrill and a book by Isabel Lennart um, that first opened in Broadway in 1964. And the thing is that the story is a semi-biographical story based on the life and career of an actual Broadway star film, Actress and comedian called Fanny Bryce. So Fanny Bryce was an actual person. Ah. it's she's not only the the name of the protagonist of the of Funny Girl. It, uh-huh. She she was a woman that oh, existed. Okay,
1: that that existed. Oh, yeah. it's based on a. It's kind of inspired by a real person. Yeah,
0: Fanny Bryce was a, like this Broadway star that you can look up on Google, and uh-huh. she's a real woman. And who played iconic Fanny Bryce, like the the, the fictional one mm. on on this. Um, Broadway uh, musical an actress that you may remember by the name of Barbara Streisand oh my god barbara, barbara, wow. More barbara than streisand an actress. and this role was the one that Supernova. made yeah. barbara streisand so this is what skyrocketed her career this is what brought her to superstardom she basically went on that theater and people instantly made her an icon a legend and mm. and everything she should have Become because she is Barbara Streisand, yeah. and people discovered her through Funny Girl. So Funny Girl is very important for many reasons, um, and people remember it because of um, Barbara Streisand' iconic um, performance. Yet, despite of this immense success that Funny Girl had and that made people discover Barbara Streisand, it has never been revived on Broadway, which is. What? <laughs> Something that I didn't know because everybody, everyone knows Funny Girl. Maybe you have seen it. Maybe you haven't because it's a movie too. Um, but the fact that it has never been back on Broadway since 1964, which is the original play, was made, it it's kind of weird. Um, and the reasoning, the, there's many reasons, but the main one is the difficulty of finding someone that can fill Barbara's shoe. Wow. Because it's, it's it was true. that iconic. Like, who can possibly, like, take the role again? Like, nobody's ready for that. And, of course, there have been, like, regional plays or concerts that yeah. maybe sing one song. But there has never been, like, an actual Broadway um, comeback um, of the show. So, let's leave that at that. That's the context that we have of Funny Girl and why is it important in the theater world. Yeah. Now, let's move on to act number two. Who is <laughs> Mich- Michelle? Um, and why is it relevant in this story?
1: Well, we know Leah Michelle. You told yeah, us about her.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You the may illiterate the, the actress Michelle. who can't read her. I,
3: <laughs> no, she's not illiterate. I remember she, we argued that she's not a literate. She literally, she's literally not. is illiterate. Is not.
0: You may remember her and you do remember <laughs> her for being the illiterate actress on Hollywood. But she's also um, known for her mega-famous role on mega-famous comedy show Glee, which you haven't right. seen, but Ben has.
1: Hang on, and Jane Lynch was also in Glee, right? Yep, yep. And she's also oh, she's, walked um, out of Funny Girl, that, no? Uh, yeah, maybe. Oh, sorry. I- um,
0: yeah, but um, Glee star, Leah Michelle and her, she's also known for her obsession with Funny Girl. Mm, interesting. Ah. In fact, Leah Michelle's obsession is... Such that um this obsession she had as a person was written into the plot of Glee in her character. So because many times the line where Leah Michelle starts or stops and Rachel Berry, which is her character, begins, is kind of blurry. Uh-huh. They're kind of similar, like the the character um in this case, Rachel uh, was also obsessed with Bar- Barbara Streisand and performed a lot of her songs on the show in season one, episode 13, um, in 29, um, twenty-nine, Not
3: 19,
0: 2009. 2009. Yeah, that's also how you can say it. <laughs> <fact>. Also, say it like that if you want. She um, performed Don't Rain on My Parade. It was iconic. She gave it all. Like, I think that song has like a million, trillion, billion streams because it's that good, mm. um, which is, well, Don't Rain On My Brain, for those who don't know, it's Funny Girl's biggest song, one of the songs that it's most known for. And also, um, this actual song is a huge part of the Glee plot because um, it's supposed to be like Rachel's song, which we know is also Leah's song, Um and in in she's auditioning to get into university at some point, blah blah blah, and she sings it like, oh, this is gonna get me in because this is my song. I I have done it like a thousand times, huh. and she bombs it, and that was the gag of the century. People were throwing themselves out of the balcony and like, oh, wow, plot twist! Rachel bombs the song that she always does. So
1: hang on, bombs in
0: in a good way, in or a bad b- way. Ah, oh, like, bombs, yeah, stunk it. Yeah, um. So and then Rachel's storyline ends. With her finally making it on Broadway and playing Fanny Bryce in Fanny Girl, this is the the fictional one on Glee. So Fanny Girl is very related to Glee, very related to Leah Michelle, very related to the character. It's it's a constant. Um, also, Leah Michelle, not the character, the person, um, performed "Don't Rain on My Parade" live at the Tony Awards in 2010. Okay, so she, she, 12 years ago, it feels like. Leah has been auditioning for Funny Girl for years. Like ah. it has her whole. Not even No, yeah. she hasn't been subtle about it. She has been like, manifesting "This is my to thing. the universe. Yeah, like I, I'm doing a show and I'm gonna put in that show that I wanna do this other show. Like I'm I'm gonna be." Fanny Bryce, like, she's been, like, screaming at the top of her lungs that she wants to be Fanny Bryce. Yeah. But let's move on, because that's just part of the context. So and all of a
1: sudden, you said that it's taken about 60 years for Broadway to put on Funny Girl, and who do they cast?
0: Wait, 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 wait. We're My just gosh. on Act 3, you're moving to Act 5 already. Oh, sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. sorry, sorry. Let's move on to the next act, Act 3. Funny Girl, uh, the Funny Girl revival is announced. In September um, 8th of last year, 2021, yeah. a hu- huge news dropped. A Funny Girl revival would be happening on Broadway after all these years, like yeah. 60 years, whatever it was. And oh my God, the cast has been announced too. Like, it's not only that we have this show, the cast, which is the most important thing, yeah. the thing that has people like screaming, um, is announced. And let's, let's we all kind of know who is going to be um, Funny Bryce, like... It obviously could only be, oh no! It's not Leah Michelle. It's Beanie Feldstein. Plot twist. Nobody saw that coming, but it's here, and 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 we're gagged. The, the, this story. I personally
3: followed. feel
0: bad. I feel I'm very
1: bad. bad. No, no, no. no, no, no. Wait I a was minute. I was very happy when I saw the Instagram post of Beanie, uh, of on Beanie her, playing. like playing. It's like wow, Beanie <laughs> is so hot right now. I mean, yeah. after obviously Booksmart and uh, was she Lady, Lady Bird? Bird. And yeah. then obviously playing Monica Lewinsky incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. in the in the Bill Clinton-Lewinsky scandal series.
0: Yeah, so but let's come move, on! Let's move to Act 4 and remember why Vinnie is so iconic and why she is a good fit for Funny Girl, yeah. even though it was not the obvious choice everyone thought was happening. <laughs> so we we know Vinnie for all this you said, like Booksmart and um, Lady Bird being Jonah Hill's sister, which I think it's something you told me, yeah. Stefan, because yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. know. Um,
1: And she got married uh, or she announced recently to her girlfriend. She got
0: engaged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Vinnie is also, apart from all of this we we just said, a theater kid at heart. Like, she's just as outspoken as Leah, well, maybe not as her, (laughs) but because nobody can be as outspoken as Leah Michelle dreaming of being (laughs) funny brave. But she has mentioned plenty of times that it's a lifelong dream of hers to play a funny girl um, on Broadway. And... Even there's pictures of her at her third um, birthday party being dressed as a funny girl. Oh my goodness, like how with three, three years, years old! Yeah, how can oh. a three-year-old be obsessed with a musical? Well, she was. So imagine, like, she was made, like, the the thing of, of dreaming of playing this, this show is not a Leah Michelle exclusive. There's other people who want to do it too. And, well, despite being a, a major fan, it's... Let's be honest. She was not the obvious choice, as we said. But here's why um, people were like kind of into it. And um, when it was announced that she would um, be playing um, Funny Bryce, um, first off, the reasoning of um, picking uh, um, Binny instead of whoever else could be, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's because they didn't want to make like a barbarous Streisand funny girl 2.0. Like yeah. it, it was supposed to be like a just taking the book and making, again, this show, this this musical. So, um, I mean, it was a perfect fit because not only she had the knowledge of, of being in theater and stuff, but also she is a comedian. And let's remember the actual Fanny Bryce, the person that's um, the, the the musical about the, not not yeah. Barbara Streisand, but the woman, um, was a comedian. And and Beanie is also a natural at that. So it made sense. Like, it, 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 it in, my, well, in everyone's head, made sense. And also, it's very refreshing to see like a queer woman that uh, doesn't have a normative body, like playing a huge mm-hmm. role like this. one. I think it's it's a very good choice to to have someone like her. And also, what, time-wise, Vinnie um, had just played um, Monica Lewinsky in, in impeachment. In, yeah, in impeachment, and and she, everyone was obsessed with her. So it it really was a good time for for Beanie and and to announce. Um, I don't know if it's, it's pronounced "Bini." I've been seeing Beanie all the time. but I, Beanie is Is it Beanie? I yeah, guess. Okay. I Beanie? hope so. I don't uh, think it I will just be Beanie.
1: Um, <laughs> Maybe it's Biani. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope not. Well, it's Bini from now on. And, and what it, what is R- Rachel I'm, or Leah? <laughs> because um, we don't care. It's you the can same thing. <laughs> separate the actress from <laughs> yeah. the character. In this case, the art and the artist are the same. Um well, what is she up to? Why is she not on the like roster of possibilities? Well, it was during the height of the Black Lives Matter thing that a few of her former, few, not to say all of them, coasters um, um, came out and accused her of bullying and uh, inappropriate behavior on set and being very difficult to work with. And one of the cast members who is black said that Leah Michelle literally said to them, um, threatened them to sit on their wig. Ooh, and so, shit in her it, wig. Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at, that's that's very a very loud. bad reputation to have when it comes to. Being like a choice to hire someone like you wouldn't want someone in your cast. Uh, it
1: must suck being like a diva in a theater group and like not being able to like be hostile to your black co-star just because there's a Black Matters, like Black Lives Matter movement. It's like it's I got mean, nothing to do with getting Wigs for the last ten I mean, and, and no one
3: stopped me.
0: Exactly. So we it was because Leah Michelle was not an option to match happening. And and immediately, just as the cast was announced, all Twitter started spreading jokes, and Leah Michelle became a trending topic because people were like, "Someone please check on in Leah Michelle. She must have like offed herself because that's uh, that's the worst thing that could happen. That uh, a funny girl revival is happening, and she is not funny." Bryce. Um, and when asked about it, like Vinnie was asked about like the whole thing when. Oh, when you're announced as 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 the main character, you're not trending. Leah Michelle is, and she said she didn't understand and that she didn't know Leah Michelle whatsoever, which is kind of shady to it's say little... that you you don't like. It's giving Mariah Carey when she was asked about J Lo and she was like, I don't know her. I don't know, I don't who know, who know she her. Is. <laughs> And, and Speaking.
1: Sorry, little side. JLo's been a little bit. um it, There's a documentary about yeah, her. And I a, haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently she's like been a little bit bitty about her her sh- her halftime Super Bowl with Shakira, saying it it shouldn't have been the two of us. It should have just been. Uh, uh, hang on, I'm paraphrasing without having read, but I got uh, the sense that ca- she wasn't uh She she went with it because she was kind of uh, well, Shakira co- is better you know. than JLo,
0: and Mariah Carey doesn't know who JLo is, so she better shut up yeah okay okay, let's move on to the next act it's time for the act number five and the show is already happening the reviews are in we're nervous we're excited what is uh, we're happy to see Vinnie play or are we Um, everything goes according to plan everyone is team Vinnie or maybe they aren't because it's now a- April 24th and the reviews are in and it's mixed to negative reviews from critics. But not only that, all the theater people, like the yeah. people who are obsessed with um, with musicals, with musicals Broadway. also are huge fans of the new Funny Girls, uh, Funny Girl um, Act, and they're pointing um especially Beanie as a weakling. Um, (laughs) Like, it was not like the whole act is bad. It was like Beanie is not fit to play um, Fanny Price. And most importantly, which is like, okay, reviews are bad. I don't know. It's not everything about reviews. But most importantly, um, Fanny Girl did not receive and Beanie did not receive a Tony nomination as Best Actress. Which, if you bring back Fanny Girl after all these years, the least you expect is like, Taking all the Tonys home, yeah. and it it was silent. How horrible! It was silent there. I mean,
1: I have to say, Broadway critics are the fiercest critics mm-hmm. in the world. I think, uh, like beyond any like music criticism yeah, or even Hollywood harsh. critics, like the harshness of like Broadway critics, they can really destroy yeah. a play in a matter of in in two lines yeah. and two phrases. And, and that's York-
0: what they did. Like after their reviews, the the production company went nuts. like it, we have to do something and the criticism basically so you get an idea of what they were saying um against Vinnie. it's like they i think people were expecting a barbarous treason and Bar- and beni did not deliver that um which i feel like if you want to see barbarous treason do funny girl just watch the movie mm-hmm. it's there you can rewatch it anytime you want and and she kind of did like more of a funny price on her own way and and that meant like well, people said she couldn't sing. Basically, oh, ah, um,
1: well, very important. she's yeah. going to be in a Broadway musical.
0: <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, they were leaning on more towards the, like comedic timing, um, interpretation, and yeah, she didn't hit that the, those notes as well as someone mm. else could. But the, I don't know. The production chose her for some. Yeah, reason. you imagine that
1: they've done mm. the re- the, mm, yeah. the the casting, the the what do you call it? The auditions. Yeah. I mean, this is Broadway we're talking about. It's not like a movie where you can edit and put. Well, like,
0: people said nepotism maybe had something to do with it because Vinny's dad is part of the production team.
1: Ah, maybe nepo babies.
0: Yeah. Also, a bit of fat phobia. Elstein,
1: fat phobia, really? Yeah, because
0: she's not Barbara Streisand skinny. Is she's? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, well, mm. all of these um, brought um, everyone to like. Oh. Yes, um, panic mode and basically in June Beanie announced she would be leaving the cast earlier than planned and she said September would be her last um, show. Um, I'm very sad. I don't want her. I Like imagine her being through all of that like having your dream job and then It being horrible. Oh, that
1: is that 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 is the worst Mm -hmm. thing for for a performer entertainer. Yeah. Like, because if you make your own album, it's like, look, these are my songs. I wrote them. If you didn't like them, well, whatever. But you know, this is big shoes to fill. There's a lot of expectation, and it's your dream. You know, you were three years old when they dressed you up as Funny Girl and stuff. You know, like it's it's a life invested in this dream, and all of a sudden, ooh.
0: Well, Beanie is doing suffering right now. Very bad. But let's move on to the next act. We're on act number hey. six. We're getting to the end, but we're not yet there. Because we have to first check on how's Leah Michelle doing. What's going on <laughs> while Bini is doing horribly and is having the worst time of her life? Well, does anyone remember the allegations against her? Of course not. Did any did any of, course of the con- years pass? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, what do you expect that getting canceled on Twitter would have any consequences? Of course not. Where do you live? Like remember nothing has consequences here. You can cheat on wh- whoever's week you want to. <laughs> um well, basically her life and career is going quite well. She just gave birth in the timeline that we're in. not like literally right now as we're speaking. But um <laughs> she was doing quite well. Um she gave birth to her firstborn called Ever. Mm. For, because she's famous and she has to put a strange name to their kid. Ever. Um, and most importantly, she went back on stage in a one-night-only reunion concert um, for um, Spring Awakening, which was a, a Broadway um, musical she did a few years back. Mm. Um, and you may think, mm, okay, a one, one-night special reunion, who cares about that? How is that important? Well, it's very important because that um, led her to presenting and performing with the cast of Spring Awakening at the 2022 Tony Awards. And an event that we have to remember, Beanie and the Funny Girl cast were notably absent from because they didn't have any um, nominations. And also, um, they got a uh, reunion special thing on HBO in which she said one of the a few of the most unhinged stuff that someone has ever said, like she ho- showed her whole vagina to her co <laughs> That's coaster. quotes. That is in quotes. <laughs> quotes. Quote unquote um, took her co-star and friend Jonathan Groff using a desk lamp because he was curious because he's um, not um, uh, he, he's not straight so he wouldn't have had the, the chance to see a vagina in a full anatomy way and she decide, she took a desk lamp and, and showed it all to Is that Jonathan what the
1: Groff. girls and the gays do? You show each other your things uh, this is, because there's this no is what arousal. Leah
0: Michelle and Jonathan Groff do <laughs> no one else. So that got people talking, making memes. Also, she's illiterate. <coughs> so that's a, a two much better things to be known for than being horrible she and being illiterate. racist. Probably a poor woman. So there you go. Leah is doing amazing. Final act. Let's move to the final act because... there. you've got seconds. The, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. Um, basically, um, Venus Dream is, is a nightmare. She <laughs> got COVID and had to miss a few of the performances. So her, like, standby took... Um, a few of took her place in few of the performances and earned raves and and everybody said that her voice was uncanny and 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 her voice was amazing and the resemblance to Fanny Bryce was amazing blah 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 reviews that Beanie has yet to receive so that was just a few more horrible things that could happen to Beanie. Um, and finally, uh, two days ago, that's the reason why, why we're talking about this now, because this is very recent drama, the Beanie posted an Instagram post that read, the production decided to take the show in a different direction. So basically saying she has been put through hell and is being fired um, and that she would be leaving Funny Girl early and earlier, even that she had previously said she would leave early being the last show the 31st of this month of July. Mm. So, a few hours later, after she posted this deeply, deeply heart-wrenching um, post, um, Funny Girl on Broadway, um, insta- official Instagram account, and um, did another post without mentioning Beanie or saying how how good she has been during these performances. They didn't even mention her. Who is Beanie? We don't care. Um, hinting at the new star joining the Funny Girl cast being announced soon. 24 hours, less than 24 hours later, who is announced? Leah Michelle. No. Leah Michelle is Fanny Bryce. And to that, now that is the gag of the century and nothing else. And Vinny is leaving, but who else is leaving? Jane Lynch, who <gasps> played coach Sue Sylvester because she doesn't want to be near Leah Michelle, not for a second. Wow. So maybe the allegations that we didn't want to hear of Leah being horrible are true.
1: Boom!
0: Wow. And basically, this is all to say, we are living on a Glee episode. And our lives, without us n- n- seeing it, are being directed by Ryan Murphy. We're just extras in the Leah Michel show.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, Mar. And that's all we have time for on this weekly review. Thank you, Rob Roman, for producing. And we say goodbye with Don't Rain on My Parade by the Glee cast.
2: I guess I didn't make it, but whether I'm the rooster, Perfection, a freckle on the nose of life's complexion The cinder, all that shiny apple of its eye I gotta fly once, I gotta try once Only can die once, right, sir? Oh, life is juicy, juicy, and you see I gotta have my bite, sir Get ready for me, love, cause I'm a comer I've simply gotta march